0: welcome to a new edition of the neon jazz interview series with new orleans jazz drummer composer teacher and band leader wayne moreau he opened up about his new 2022 cd at the water's edge water informs life in and around new orleans and has historically both embraced and struggled with water And this album is very, very influenced by Water. Wayne has over 30 years of experience performing and recording with top New Orleans artists in all genres of music. He has also performed with international artists and at festivals and music venues around the globe. We get into all of this and so much more. Enjoy this interview.
1: I'm delighted that you guys reached out to me and I love the music. I'm always so ready for, you know, just... The plethora of jazz that exists out there so thank you for reaching out oh no problem thank you wait before we get into your album and your life and music we just went through a couple of years that was quite tumultuous and i'm wondering how you survived covid and how that time period changed you as a musician
2: well um i mean i survived it because i'm i'm very fortunate and I have a, a teaching job at Loyola university here in the jazz department. So, uh, that helped me financially to get through it. Plus there was a lot of, uh, live streaming opportunities and, and, uh, you know, um, internet type, uh, benefit concerts for musicians and stuff in, in New Orleans to help us get through. So all of that helped quite a bit. Um, the other thing that, you know, really helped my sanity with just all the the time of the downtime just sitting around is I took advantage of that to, to develop my home studio, which I had been wanting to do for years and just never had time between my teaching schedule and gigging and touring and never had time to do it. And suddenly all this time in my lap. So I took advantage of that and got my home studio up and running. in and, you know, all that took a while. So I spent a lot of my time doing that.
1: Talk to me. And, and obviously, being in the eye of, of possible hurricanes down there, you know, you just it almost seems like New Orleans, when it comes to, like, dealing with things that are adversity-ridden like a pandemic, you all are, are always, you know, just kind of getting chiseled for that with all of the activity that goes on with, you know, natural disasters. Did you feel like that whenever
2: this happened? Um. A little bit, you know uh we're we're definitely used to things going badly and having to deal with it um you know I mean, Hurricane Katrina, of course, was a huge thing, and um you know, after dealing with that and getting through it, you almost feel like you could get through anything so uh i mean yeah it's it's kind of par for the course down here we we're used to dealing with those kinds of issues and life being disrupted for a while and then you you get yourself back together and, and and you get going again. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, of of all the places for something like that, you know, we're, we're used to having to deal with big problems and get through it. So your
1: latest album is definitely a, uh, moniker for New Orleans at the water's edge. And I'm curious about this album. Um, How did you construct this? How did it come about? And, you know, just kind of what was your artistic methodology with this?
2: Actually, the way it came about, oddly enough, was because of a hurricane. Uh, Like I said, I developed my home studio during the pandemic. And then uh, Hurricane Ida hit. Uh, I guess that was, what are we, in 2022 now? That was uh, September 2021. And uh, a friend of mine in town who's a musician had a tree fall on his house and music studio. And so when I called him to see what I could do to help, he needed a place to store instruments. And so I offered my studio, and one of the things he brought to my studio was his acoustic piano. So I love the piano trio. That's one of my favorite formats to play in. And so when I found myself with an acoustic piano sitting here in my home studio, I figured, I should take advantage of this opportunity. And that's when I started going back through material that I had been writing over the years. And and I wrote some new things and found stuff that I thought would work well for the trio. And that's kind of what sparked the album. Is just, you know, there was an opportunity to do an acoustic piano trio record in my own studio with all my original songs, and I just couldn't pass that up.
1: Let's get back to the beginnings of your life. Talk to me a little bit about your childhood. Are you originally from New Orleans?
2: Yes. Uh, Born here, grew up here. You know, I've been, you know, the only time I didn't live here is I went to LSU for college in Baton Rouge, which is only, you know, an hour and 20 minutes down the road. So, yeah, I've been in New Orleans my whole life. And, um, you know, and part part of this culture, you know, the Mardi Gras and, and the music, and you know, my parents used to listen to all of the old R and B music from the '50s and '60s in New Orleans, all the Fats Domino and Irma Thomas, and you know, the Dixie Cups and Clarence Frogman Henry, and all that stuff. And, you know, so when I got to be a teenager, uh, back then, you know, in the '80s, New Orleans was very lax about letting underage kids into bars. So I started going to clubs and listening to music at a very young age and being exposed more directly to the New Orleans music scene. And, um, I think, you know, definitely all of that influenced the musical path that I took. And, you know, of course being from New Orleans and being a drummer, you know, that's, that's a huge, deep culture of, of rhythm and feel and groove that we have here that you can't get anywhere else.
1: So talk to me about early influences for you. You know, who were you listening to? Who was kind of leading you down a path to find your own voice?
2: You know, I I started out as as most young kids do, you know, with the whole classic rock thing because that's what all my friends were listening to. But uh but then I started getting into it, it's I have a it's kind of a an unusual path that I took. A lot of the New Orleans guys, you know, started with New Orleans music. I started with classic rock. And then actually moved more into like Latin and Caribbean jazz. And then I kind of got back to my roots of New Orleans music and started getting into people like Walter Wolfman Washington and the Meters and Dr. John and, and some of the great jazz artists. We have a lot of really great jazz artists here in New Orleans. Astral Project and great jazz singers like George French and Philip Manuel and, and, uh, you know, other great jazz instrumentalists like James Rivers. And so, you know, it was kind of in my in my late teens and, and getting into my early 20s where I kind of really started digging into my own culture after experiencing some other music. And, you know, the, the thing for me has always been the variety of music that exists here in New Orleans. We have a lot of diverse music here because, you know, you may have heard New Orleans is often referred to as the northernmost city of the Caribbean. So we have quite a diverse mix of musical cultures here. I mean, you can you can go out any given night and hear some Latin music, or some straight-ahead jazz, or funk, or blues, or New Orleans R&B. And so that's one of the things that I really think is a huge advantage about being from New Orleans as a musician, is you're exposed to all of these different things and influenced by all of these different musical cultures. When you were
1: growing up, when you were younger, what was the first live show you saw that really made you think, man, I'd love to do that someday?
2: Hmm, that's a hard question to answer, but I would have to say it was Walter Wolfman Washington. Um, I was probably about 14 or 15 years old, and I was hanging with uh and my older cousin and some of his friends, and we went to a little dive bar called Benny's Bar, and Walter Wolfman was in there with his trio, and I was just blown away by how funky it was, and how hip it was, and how it was very different from the way that the meters played funk or the way that the Neville brothers played funk. Walter's style was very different and unique uh, in comparison to those other new Orleans groups. And he had a drummer at the time uh, that called himself the junkyard dog, who was the funkiest cat you'd ever want to see. And I ended up seeing that and just being blown away and going, man, you know, one day I want to do this. And then in later years, when I was in college, we used to drive down from Baton Rouge to New Orleans and go see Walter with his bigger band, with the horn section and everything at at a club called the Maple Leaf. And, you know, and I felt the same way. It's like, man, I want to do this. And then years later, I wound up in Walter's band and I've been in his band now for the last almost 14 years.
1: So how did your career start? How did all of your career trajectory kind of take off?
2: Um, well, of course I played in school, you know, I played in the marching band and the concert band and the jazz band all through high school and through college. But, uh, you know, as, as I was finishing up uh, at LSU, that's when I really decided I wanted to be a full-time professional musician. So I moved back to New Orleans and I just started going around town looking for a gig and, uh, talking to people and introducing myself to people and asking to sit in. And, um, I landed a gig on Bourbon Street five nights a week with this little band playing, you know, old New Orleans R&B and some jazz and you know, some Mardi Gras music and stuff like that. It was mostly for tourists. And uh through that gig I started meeting more and more New Orleans musicians and and that was the beginning of it. You know, a, a lot of New Orleans musicians get their start on Bourbon Street. It's a great training ground for learning New Orleans music and learning, you know, all the repertoire. And meeting other musicians it's or at least it you know it it was more so back in the nineties. Now there's a lot more cover bands and stuff on bourbon Street back then, it used to be a lot of the the great local musicians would have a steady gig on bourbon Street, and then they would do other things and tour and make records and but that was their their bread and butter was going back to their bourbon Street gig, and that's how they kept steady income coming in so I met. So many great local musicians while I was working down there for, I guess I did that gig for about a year and a half. And, um, you know, I met people like Lenny McDaniel and Mark Adams and and other great drummers like uh, Alan Robinson. And then they started calling me to sub on their gigs. And you know how it is. It's word of mouth. So people start playing with you and hearing about you. And then their friend says, man, I need a drummer for this. And they say, oh, try, try this guy. So that was kind of how it all started, just going out in town and talking to people and getting that first gig to where people could see you play and hear you play and you could meet other musicians. The other important gig for me when I was first starting out was James Rivers. I loved going to see James Rivers play at a club called Tyler's when I was a kid. He had a great band, and he's, he's a great jazz saxophone player. And so he was one of the guys that I specifically wanted to play with. So I started going to his gigs and talking to him and introducing myself to the guys in his band. And, you know, eventually it came around where he needed a drummer for something and I got the call.
1: Talk to me a little bit about what motivates you. Every day you wake up and you get to play the music, you get to play. What is it that drives you? What is it that you look forward to the most?
2: That's a hard question to answer. But for me, I think it's... It's the creativity and the communication. It's you know I'm always trying to be as creative as possible and make some sort of musical statement when I play. I don't want to just you know go through the motions. I don't want to just play a groove and you know I want to interact and communicate musically with other musicians. And to me, that's what it's all about. And that, that's one of the reasons I love the trio so much because in the trio setting can communicate more musically with the other musicians as less people on stage and you can get that closer more intimate musical connection with the other musicians and that's what it's about for me is that those moments when you know three or four people on stage just really connect musically and something magical happens so that's you know that's really what motivates me and also just to make new music you know, uh, a lot of New Orleans culture, because the the history of the music is so rich here, a lot of the musicians play, you know, I guess what you would call the classic repertoire, you know, play all the, the standard New Orleans songs that have been popular for decades now. And that's great, and we need to continue that culture. But on the other hand, I feel like new music needs to be made. You know, new compositions need to be written because everything was new at one point. So if we just keep playing the music that we've already established, nothing new happens. So that's another motivation for me to write my own songs and make my own records, because I want to be part of moving New Orleans music forward as we go. And there's, there's a bunch of guys in town who are doing that. Uh, some good friends of mine are writing new music and trying to take the the essence of what makes New Orleans music great and then move that forward in their own way. And that's what I'm trying to do when I write music is, is keep that tradition going and moving it into the future.
1: So, you know, by this time where you're promoting an album, you're already moving on to the next project. Talk to me a little bit about what's next for you.
2: I have two projects in mind that I would like to do next, and I don't know which one will happen first. Um... One of them is to go back to some older compositions that I wrote years ago that have now evolved into something else from their original ideas. So one of my uh, projects that I want to do is take five or six of my older compositions from way back and redevelop them, new arrangements, new instrumentation, and and re-record them in the way that I hear that music now. And then, of course, the other project that I have in mind is a whole nother record of all brand new instrumental music. So, And actually a couple of vocal tunes, too. I do have a couple of things with vocals that I've been had on the back burner for a while that I want to do. So that's kind of where I'm at, is trying to decide what's next. If I'm going to reach back into the older catalog and, and redevelop some of this music to the way I hear it now, or if i'm going to move forward with new stuff that i've been writing, I have about half a dozen new compositions that i've written, and i'm working on some more so one of those things will be next i'm not sure which one um I think organically just one will happen first you know the way the way that I compose i'm I'm you know being a a drummer and a percussionist i don't really compose like a lot of musicians do you know I'm not a pianist i'm not a guitarist i can't just sit down at the instrument and bam, write out a melody. So the composition process for me takes a little longer and it's a lot more organic. I have to kind of wait for the inspiration to happen and the idea to come to me before I can start developing it and and fleshing it out. And sometimes that takes a long time. Sometimes I get a little snippet of an idea and it sits there for a long, long time. Could be months, could be years before I can figure out what that idea is going to develop into because I don't play a melodic instrument and I've never really played a melodic instrument. I dabble in the piano, but I'm certainly not a piano player. So the the process is a lot more just organic for me. I just, the music just comes to me when it wants to come and I can't really force it. I can't say today I'm going to sit down and write a piece. That does not work. I'll just sit there all day and nothing will happen. (laughs) I get it. I get it. So
1: let me ask you this. Everyone has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are?
2: It's a hard question to answer because I feel like there, you know, I have many sides to myself, you know? Obviously, I think of myself as a musician and a drummer and a New Orleans musician, but you know, on the flip side of that, I also think of myself as a husband and a father, and you know, um I try to keep those things a little bit separate, but that's very difficult to do because, as a musician, you know so much of what we do is a part of who we are um, You know, we constantly listen to music around the house, you know my wife and my daughter listen to stuff, we listen to stuff together and Um, You know, we we have a very artistic family. My daughter is uh, in college studying graphic design and motion media. She actually did the cover art for this record and my last one as well. And my wife is also in order. She draws, she does crafts, she does, you know, she's into all kinds of things. So we have a lot of art happening around the house all the time. My daughter plays guitar a little bit. So So there's a lot of just, you know, I guess also blending of being a musician and being uh, a family man at the same time, there's a lot of crossover there. I don't know. It's, it's That's a hard question to answer because I don't, I never really sit around and think about how I see myself. You know, I just, I'm more of a, just like I do, I just do stuff, you know, I, I get up every day and I go, okay, I need to accomplish something. So I guess maybe I see myself as someone who wants to accomplish things and be creative and create things in my life that's what I want to do whether it's you know, create memories with my family or it's create new music or it's create something in the moment on a gig you know I just I want to be creative and productive I'm not the type of person who just wants to you know sit around and watch TV or just, you know do nothing i want to be a productive contributing member to the to the artistic world in some way and so i try to do that with the resources that i have
1: perfect wayne hey thank you for opening up thanks for sending the music over good luck with the album and everything as we kind of close
0: this year out and move into the next one
2: yeah, man, thank you. I'm going to thank you for your interest in it, and thanks for you know uh, wanting to interview me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New Orleans, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Wayne for his time, cool, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Demino on the iTunes Store or Spotify. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the NeonJazz.blogspot.com. Until next time...